Welcome to Unleash Your Niche with me, Amy Cager, the podcast aimed at helping you get clear on your business niche and identity so you can stand out, become the go-to person in your field and attract more of the right customers. Enjoy the episode. So today we're going to be talking about how to stand out using your brand photography. So might be, you know, do you currently have photos that you feel are not very you? Or maybe you feel that your photos are just the same as everybody else. There's nothing really different about your photos. You've got your kind of shots with you sat at your desk. You've got your shot outside. You don't really feel that there's anything really different about them. Or perhaps you're getting some new photos done but you have no idea where to start and how you can make them unique to you so that you stand out and they are totally on brand for you and your business, but also that your personality shines through as well. So today I'm talking to the wonderful Laura Perman and she's a branding photography superstar. And Laura helps create career-defining photos for ambitious business owners, influencers, and professional speakers all over the world. And so today we're going to be talking about how to stand out using your brand photography. So hello, Laura, do tell us a little bit more about you. Hello, thank you so much for having me on the show. You've got some amazing guests. I've been getting caught up before um, this episode. So thank you very much for having me, first of all. And hello to everyone watching. If you don't know me yet, I'm Laura Perman. And Amy's just given the little bio that I usually reel off when I introduce myself. What can I say in addition? um, Yeah, I've been in the photography industry now for 10 years. I've been a photographer with my own business for eight years. And I niched down about five years ago into doing headshots photography and then followed the trend that is now very well known as brand photography or branding photography. Excellent. Yeah, so I... and I. I love, Laura, that you have a really clear brand and business identity yourself, which totally makes you stand out from other photographers. It's got such great personality and character. And, you know, you have all your little lipstick and kisses and your vintage look. And it really, really makes you stand out. And I like the fact that it kind of relates to what you do as well, you know, with lipstick and getting your photos done and getting your makeup done for a shoot and everything. So it's feels really, really seamless. And everything that you do seems to point in the, the same direction and gives real insight into you, say, into your personality, as well as your, your business as well. And so it really makes you stand out. Uh, it's one of the reasons why I knew you'd be perfect to speak to you today and for this show. So tell us a bit about your, your brand then and your own niching story, because you mentioned there that you've, you've niched yourself. So it'd be great to hear about yeah what you've been through. So so I, I, I'll start with the nation story and then that'll bring us to current time and then I'll talk a little bit about the brand and thing. Is that okay? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, okay. So all the way back eight years ago, I had cut my teeth in the photography industry working for lots of different types of photographers as an assistant when I was a student. And then when I graduated, I worked in a couple of different portraiture studios. So typically in a portraiture studio, if you haven't been to one in the last 10 years, they're the kind of photographer who's a little bit like a jack of all trades. So they work with pregnancy photos, they do newborn photography, 
and then they probably do a little bit of wedding stuff on the side and then they try to keep the same customers in their business and they'll do family photography and the whole ultimate goal is you get them when they're engaged and then you keep them for life and you just keep doing shoots for them over the years so I worked in one really good studio which was like a lovely little local studio beautifully run and that's exactly what she did then I was poached and I worked in another portraiture studio that was like a complete cowboy setup. So we probably all know a brand, I won't say the name for legal reasons, but it's always been synonymous with a very hard sell. And the chaps who had set up this business had come from that exact brand and that was their training. So they were going all about it with the hard sell, like somebody jumps on you when you're in a shopping center and says, do you want a really good deal on a photo shoot? And actually, it's not a good deal. And then they say, okay, come in and have a free shoot. And then they sell to you really hard. So that was my experience. So when I set up, I thought, I'll just do a portraiture studio. I know how it works. I've seen how you do it really good. And I've seen how you do it really bad. I should have known better, though, Amy, because prior to this, I'd had a, a short career and I'd studied marketing and public relations. So setting up my business, I was potentially looking at eight different marketing plans. So I was like, look, I just need to survive. I'm setting up a business. I'll do anything with a camera as long as you give me money because I've got to survive. I do want to be a statistic and fail within the first two years. So people were bringing their pets in. People were bringing their babies in. I was doing deals for people at networking sessions to do product photography all everything, you name it, I was doing it. And no surprise, I couldn't maintain eight different independent marketing plans, even though I'd come up with this lovely branding idea of having, back then I was called Pearman Photography, and I had this whole concept around pairs. So there'd be like a family of pairs, there'd be a little baby pair, there'd be a pregnant pair, there'd be a sexy pinup pair. And it was all together with these pairs. And I think I was the only one who understood it. Everyone was like, what? why have you got pairs on the wall? Like, I wonder if you have a photo. <laughs> so over time, I, I realized I got an accountant like two years in. And he was like, yeah, what the hell are you doing? Like, you're not really making money on anything here. And this is the curse of being a jack of all trades. So I thought, right, okay, the first thing I'm going to get rid of then is my weddings and my engagements. It's just not something I really enjoy doing. It's incredibly high pressure. And even though a lot of people see it as an extremely expensive thing to buy, the profit margin on, on it usually really sucks. So that was the first thing to go. And I stuck to just my studio stuff. But then I got confidence with it. And I thought, okay, well, the next thing to get rid of is all of the naughty children. I enjoyed the challenge of working with naughty children and it was always really fun on the photo shoot, but you'd all, there's always like a really weird correlation. If the child was a nightmare and really naughty, the parents would never buy anything. And then if you had these little angel children, they would just come in and like naturally pose and it was almost to the point where it was like an effortless photo shoot, they wouldn't buy anything either. <laughs> so I was always, I was like, right, this isn't working. Eventually I got rid of my studio and I niched it down into doing just vintage pinup style, which, as you can see, I haven't got my full back combed hair on. It's just too hot today to do that. Um, I went into that and I thought I'll do some headshots on the side. And I had a photo shoot with Andrew and Pete in like 2013, 14, something like that. And I did what I usually did for a headshot. So back then it would be about 50 quid. Someone would come in with their suit on, 10 minutes in front of the camera, half an hour on Photoshop fish bash bosh done so they came in and we'd known each other for a few years at that point from the networking scene in the northeast and I did the same thing 
And then I got a phone call from Pete and he was like, yeah, these are technically really good, but what do they really say about us? And I, I got like a bit shirty with him. And I was like, well, what do you mean? Like, what's the problem? You paid this much. And he was like, well, we've got this high idea. We want to do something around being explosive. We're thinking about calling it atomic. And I was like, right, okay, come in and have a coffee with us and we can have a chat about it. So they came in and had a chat with me. And I got Pete was going on and on about being explosive, being effervescent, standing out, all this stuff about Seth Godin. And I lost my temper with him. I was like, right, Pete, shall I just blow you up or something? And they were like, yeah, do that. Oh, my God, that would be amazing. <laughs> so then I thought, hang on a minute, this makes sense because this actually fits in with their brand. And I know about this stuff because I'm trained in it and experienced in it. And that was when the penny dropped for me. They still use those photos now, all these years later. But it really, I was like, yes, this is my niche. This is what I know I can do. And this is what makes me different to other photographers. I can analyze somebody's brand and look at their marketing plan with my marketing wig on. And then I take that off and put the creative photographer wig on and come up with cool creative ideas that fit within the marketing plan. So since then, I've just been like going pedal to the metal that is my niche obviously I had the usual thing that a lot of people have when they pick a niche guess what I got five wedding inquiries like in the first six months after saying I'm not doing it anymore and it took everything to say no because I really wanted that money I was like I'll just bang out a couple of weddings but once you pick your lane you've got a stick in it and thankfully that is now my lane and like you said in the intro that is what I'm now known for so that's my quick quick whistle stop tour of eight years learning and sticking to a niche (laughs) that's great and I think I mean that's that's such a great story for so many reasons I think one it's nice to hear your story and the fact that you like probably a lot of businesses they start wanting to do a bit of everything because one they might not know where they want to go I mean it could have been that you actually loved wedding photography and that's where you wanted to go but also the fact that you know you've you've realized you know in your journey as well, how important, I mean, you knew photos were obviously important because that's what you did, but that you've got this different angle and that you see it from a different way. You're doing things a bit different. You you haven't just picked, say, branding photography over wedding photography, for example. You've actually gone, okay, even in that space, how am I different? And how can you add a bit of value and Yeah, this is exactly what happened. So I felt like I was ahead of the curve and the trend of talking about branded headshots photography or brand photography. And then all of a sudden, it seemed like everyone and his dog who had a camera was now calling themselves a brand photographer. So I can get really shirty really quickly about people calling themselves brand photographers. And they are the photographers who are actually churning out that like porridge, you know, the beige photography and you you know you can call it headshots photography but you can't call it brand photography because it's not branded everything looks the same when you look at the feeds on Instagram exactly and I think that's the key isn't it it's yeah anyone can have a photo done and and so you could do it with your own camera or you can do it yeah go somewhere and have a photo done but just because it's a picture of you like a portrait or it doesn't mean that it's a brand doesn't yes. show anything about your brand. And I think that's probably where the disconnect is, isn't it? Sometimes that people are like, oh yeah, I've taken a photo of you. It's a brand shot. And it's like, yeah, but what does it actually say about your brand? You know, is, are your values being shown or your personality or whatever else it is that you want to portray about your business? 
does that reflect in your photos or is it just a picture of you? And I think that's that's the, exactly, the thing, isn't yeah. it? Things, things to look out for. There's a whole thing of people, I wish I had a mug. People holding the mug, like, let's have a coffee. Yawn first. And people <laughs> standing, like, come on. People doing the whole, that right now, there are certain trends, and I talk about those trends a lot on Mark TV. So right now, in 2020, we've got a trend of people having their bodies cut out. You're shot on a mm. plane or on a green screen. But then the idea is that you're layered. So right now, where we're looking at your live screen, you are you are epitomizing the sexy trend of 2020 of having a layered look. So it's really trendy right now to have a photo of you with like um illustration on top of it. And they are they are trends, but the illustrations and the style of the photo and the mood of the photo and what you should be wearing should all still be on your brand, even if you're jumping on that trend. And this is something that I think can get really confusing for people. It would be interesting to see if the people watching have any questions about that specifically. I can go into it in a bit more detail if needed. Yeah, no, absolutely. Because, I mean, in any anything, isn't there, there's always going to be trends. But, as you say, it's still thinking about whether, whether you do or don't want to jump on those trends. It's still thinking about what actually it is you want to portray, whether you want to, yeah, go with whatever. I mean, it, it does make sense. You know, if someone went on your website and you are, you do have that latest you know, style or trend, then you're going to obviously look more up to date potentially, depending on obviously what it is. But you still need to think about what that photograph is saying and what story it's telling. It's not just a case of, oh, yeah, I've got my photo and I've, I know exactly what you're talking about. Those, yeah, those like the pens around there. Or yeah. like they're, they're predicted now that that's going to evolve a little bit into 2021 where it'll be animated. So you're the person will pop mm. up and then the illustration will happen on top of them as if by magic when you're on the website. But the thing is with jumping on a trend like that, you have to be in a mindset that you are regularly going to get yourself photographed because that trend is only going to last yes. for a, a short period of time because it's a trend. Another trend will come along. Exactly. It's like anything, isn't it? It's if you're going to be, yeah, the height of fashion or you're going to be the latest thing, then you've got to stick with the seasons. You can't wear last year's kind of... <laughs> yeah, like, this, is why, this is why I love the vintage look. Yeah. Like, anything that fits within the parameter of like yeah. 1945 to 1962, I'll wear that and I'll be on trend in that era. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, haven't got, I haven't got time or interest in renewing my wardrobe every year with like the latest blazer cut. It's just yeah. me. <laughs> Exactly. It's, yeah. And it, I suppose it's, yeah, the very same with clothes. But if you find an outfit that, yeah, a style that suits you, shows off your personality, shows off your, you know, is right fit for your body and things, then you can wear it. It's like timeless then, isn't it? But it still shows your personality, who you are, all those, those kind of things. So obviously, we've been speaking about how photos are really important, things to think about for your business as it is such a great shortcut for showing your brand, your business identity and, and making you stand out. And also for people to get to know you and your personality, which is something we've kind of just, we've, we've kind of briefly touched upon. So, you know, people getting photos, I really have to think about their photos as a bigger piece of their puzzle, as it really does help with pulling their messaging together, whether that's, you know, copy on the website, social media posts, all those sorts of things, it is something that needs to be thought out in the same way. So it'd be good to hear from you, like what you feel, why is it so important? You know, we've kind of been saying a bit about the things that it's good to do, but why is it so important to have 
photographs for your business and, and the right photographs? Sure. So it's it's definitely something you're, you're you've got it exactly right, and obviously you have given what you specialize in. But having visual assets is exactly that. You're adding assets into what's often known as brand equity. You want to build up your brand equity, and you do that by having lots of different creative resources that all work together in this beautiful cocktail that is your brand. And photography is definitely part of that. Usually, well, I should have remembered this, but when I do talks, I often talk about where the place of selfies are in along with photography, because that is all photography. Or if you're a product business, you should have product photography and headshots photography, but they should all look the same. They should all be part of your brand. And it's really important to think about it like that when you're a business owner with ambition and you really want to make a standout point of who you are and why you do things the way that you do. Um, I've forgotten the next part of the question that you asked me. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was just what <laughs> assets are important. And then were we talking about how you stand out? Yeah, I mean, yeah, how can you, I guess, think about, so you're like, okay, I know photos are important. I've got to make sure they are me, they're on brand, they're conveying the messaging that I want to say. But how how do you do that? Like what ways, like how do you go about that if you're thinking, yeah, okay, I know they need to be me, but where yeah what do I need to do so the, the first thing I would say to you if we were having this conversation in person or on a zoom conversation is you need to think about whether like first of all it's the way that your brand is and right now there is a huge trend about personal branding so that it's even gone to the extent hasn't it where if you work in a large corporate they're now talking about personal branding as an employee like it's really gone off the scale of where people thought it would go. So more often than not, if you're a solopreneur or a business owner, you need to think about your personal brand and you need to think about how that is working in conjunction with a sub-brand or an ecosystem of lots of different brands. So if you wanted to be somebody like Nigella Lawson and you want to have the cooking show, you want to have the recipe books, you want to have the cooking equipment and you want to do a podcast that's based around the fact that you've got a very sexy voice. You would have the Nigella Lawson personal brand and then each of these things that I've just described underneath that umbrella or sub-brand and they all need to fit together. So the first thing that's important to think about when you're thinking about brand photography, you've got to sometimes do a few steps back with people, but it's talking about what is your ecosystem? How does the whole of your business look? And then we can start creating a brand that is able to change and pivot a little bit as you grow. So that's the first thing. But when when you're thinking about the personal factor, which basically what I'm saying is everyone should be thinking about that right now. We're in a world where reality has gone even more off the scale. You know, it like started with Big Brother and now it's everywhere you look. It's the majority of TV shows. I don't think that our fascination with ourselves is going to die down anytime soon, especially as we're more connected now online. So personal brand is not going anywhere, anywhere fast. But if we were going to go into that and you're like, yeah, but Laura, you know, I'm just a woman. Like I'm just a woman running a business. Like how am I different from anyone? I'd have you do a five themes exercise. So I try and help people come up with these creative five themes that have got nothing to do with their business. So my five themes are Suki the cat. She's like the shadiest employee you can imagine. So that's the storyline there. 
cocktails. Now, I talk a lot about cocktails. Yes, because I love drinking cocktails, but I like the metaphor of cocktails. I've already said it today, where things come together in a beautiful cocktail. I'm a little bit obsessed with fusing things together. So that's the theme of cocktails for me. Living a vintage life. We've already talked about my outfit and my style, but I really do love the sensibilities of being like a, a victory role wearing land girl. You know, I love making jam. I love keeping my household the way that I keep it. I love any little old housewives tales or tricks. Um, I've got that outlook in life. I'm often sharing things where I'm upcycling furniture, that kind of thing. It's all part of me, Laura, outside of work, Laura, the photographer. The next one is women should rule the world. So that's all about being like positive and sharing a positive feminist message and trying to do our best as business women to raise up girls' ideas of what they can do with their lives as grown women. And the other one is traveling. So I'm obsessed with traveling. I've done a lot of backpacking in my 20s. I love going on holiday. I'm not I'm not about to stay in a hostel anytime soon. I've done enough of that. But I still love seeing new places. As long as there's aircon and a clean toilet, then I'm there. <laughs> so all those five things are the things you would you probably are seeing me talk about in storylines online. And this is where I help people really master personal branding because a lot of people are under the impression that if you're going to have a personal brand, you've got to share all of your business online. You will notice that I do not talk about sports. I do not talk about religion. The only political issues I will talk about is if it affects women or the feminist movement. I do not talk about my relationship. So my partner, Tom, likes to be referred to as the Viking whenever I talk about what we're up to on social media. He hates social media. Like he's got the whole conspiracy theory down and he wants his privacy to be protected. So I'm not going to be one of those people on Instagram saying like, oh, yeah, he has us. We're down the supermarket today because that's not in my five themes. So overcoming this with people, especially people who identify as introverts, is a great way for them to feel like they're in control of what they're sharing about themselves. Now, you have to remember when you're picking your five themes, first of all, that they're actually real and true and they really are about you. You're not just inventing something because straight away that'll come off as inauthentic and people won't trust you. The other thing is that you have to be prepared to go into an incredible amount of detail about each of those five things. So you can really assess whether you are comfortable if you're ready to plan out how much detail you're going to go into them. And the beauty of having five themes is that they're all weaving in and out with each other all the time. They're, you know, if you were describing this as a storyteller, they have their arc. There's always an ebb and flow with each storyline. And while you're sharing this sort of content, of course, you're going to put your business message in. So you can imagine me doing a selfie with Suki the cat. I might be cabbaged after doing a photo shoot and I'm like lying on the sofa and Suki will come and sit on my neck. So I'll do a photo, but in the caption, I'm talking about how I'm exhausted. I've just been on this shoot with this amazing client. And here I am, here's Suki helping me out like usual by sitting on me. <laughs> so that's how the it's, it's all about having your business, like your call to action message as this extra bit underneath the personal branding story. So that's how you can start really becoming authentically and uniquely you and when you have those five storylines carved out I'm not about to say that on your photo shoot if we were doing a shot of me I need to be holding a cocktail holding the cat like dressed as a vintage woman you know with a suitcase in my hand that would be like the most basic interpretation of all of those five themes but when we're planning 
you know, why you want these photos and where you're going to use them in your call to action on your website or a landing page or a product, whatever it is, I will know to put a little bit of that storyline in the overall message. I love that because I think it's great because you've gone much more beyond than just the photos of like, oh, that's a nice photo of me. That will work on my website or that will look, you know, that's a nice picture to have as my profile picture. It's it's thinking about those things that say will be, will run through everything. So it will be the same five themes that you're talking about on social media, you know, the posts that every now and again, and, you know, and, and the fact that, I say, I love the fact that you've said you don't have to share everything either, which is something I've said before. And I think that's something that people get a bit either confused about or worried about that they kind of think, oh, but I don't want to like say everything that I'm doing, you know. Yeah, or people and, like, they don't want to talk about their kids and everything. So yeah. Like, Fine, just yeah. you, know, you can say that you're a mom or a dad, but we'll do it in such a way that you feel comfortable with. Or yeah. we just won't even share that. Like, yeah. People won't know that you have children. Exactly. And it's, I saw a stat somewhere, and it's something I've mentioned before, where you choose 20% of what makes you you and make it seem like it's 80%. So you don't have to show everything, but it's just sticking to these things. And then it's what people will get to know you by. They, they, will, they will know, like all those things that you've just said there. I'm sure if you asked people that knew you or people that had come across your, your, you and your business, they would probably be able to write those five things down. Yeah, I've had people come up to me at conferences who I've never met before and they're like, how's Suki the cat? And I'm like, oh, she's fine. <laughs> Who the hell are you? Nice to meet you. Suki's doing well. But that's that's how you want it to be, right? You want to be memorable. And you can only be truly memorable and you can only truly stand out if you really lean into who you are as a person. And that is always a beautiful thing. People get really nervous about it. But if you do it in this way, it is very um, choreographed or orchestrated, but it's still authentic at the mm. same time. Yeah, and I think it's like a lot of things, you know, when people get worried about, you know, they're posting too much on social media or, or whatever, or they're emailing people too much or whatever. I think it's the same thing. You kind of think, God, I keep banging on about these five things all the time. But for the outside person, one, they won't see everything. They won't see every mention. But also, they're not just looking at you. They're looking at everyone on social media or wherever you know if they're scrolling through so it won't seem too much like it might seem for you too much to keep talking about these same things but for someone else it's a really nice window into your life into what makes you you and that it's something that people really connect with so it might be that either someone has the same likes as you so it might be someone else has a cat or they love traveling or like cocktails and then they'll start that conversation with you or it just you know, something that they know you for, and it just feels they know you better than if you were just, hi, I'm Laura, I take photos, that's all you're going to get. It's that nice element. And, and as you were saying, like, I think with, you know, the fact that there is so much reality TV, and that's influencing how we just need to know people all the time. And even big corporates, they can't get away with just being, you know, faceless behind the business, they've got a, they're you know, starting to bring their staff out, as you're saying, and that's it, people want to get to know people. And it's, a really great shortcut to getting to know your business. You know, when you do see these, like on social media, when you see these accounts where they've got the logo as the picture and then in their feed, like you don't see any photos, you don't know who the person is, you, they don't even have a name and you're kind of like, is it a real person? Is it a bot? Is it, 
is it a business that's still going? Like you just don't feel connected. Whereas if they had even just a photo of themselves, you know, just so you can see it's a person. That was a really good example of this. I quoted this the other day when I was on a different show, but it was, it's a lady, I think she's in Denmark and she's um, a book reviewer. So she has a blog about reviewing books, but you can tell she's shy. She's an introverted bookworm. Like that is just her nature. But every single one of her selfies, it's this. Let me just grab this. So she does a selfie like this and it's the book that she's reviewing. So throughout her whole feed, you don't see her face. You just see her in different scenarios with the book. And that's a really cool idea. So if you're especially creative, sometimes creatives are really, really introverted people or very technical people. I would say just try and get your hands in some photos. Like, let's just see your hands doing what you do. And especially with craft-based creatives, this is where you can really start having fun with it. But when you're talking as you, people see, they can't see all of you, but they can see your hands. So straight away, you're a lot more relatable because you're a real human. You're not this, like, is that a bot? It's not that with the feed, it's personal. Absolutely. And and someone who did this really, really well was Mrs. Hinch, the, the cleaning lady. And she, I, you know, for, for I don't know how long, but she never showed her face on camera. And even now she uses filters, so you can't actually properly see what she looks like. Yeah, she was just Strangely it was just compelling. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was just a camera. Um, for people that don't um know what she does, she does cleaning and basically she would have the camera the equivalent of her eyes. So it would be like her looking, so you would see her hands cleaning the the kitchen and the toilet or whatever but she would never show her face on camera but she'd be talking and telling what she was doing and she got like two million followers or something without even showing her face it was only until recently when she started having a book and things that she obviously had to <laughs> show well, herself a but bit more but... a lot of um, illustrations of her doesn't she mm. like a very feminine looking um like a, a typical housewife who's extra glam like an Essex housewife she's got that whole look and there's even in one of the shops near to me, there's a whole Mrs. Hinch section. I think it's like oh, in the local Wilkinson's. But there's a cardboard cutout of this like pin-up looking house. Mm. Oh, there's Mrs. Hinch. So you know her. I feel like I would know her more from the illustration and obviously watching her like showcase the products. If I saw her in the street, I probably wouldn't click that it was her. Mm. Yeah, say so, because she doesn't really, I mean, I say she's done photos a bit more now, but say so, even when she does, she does a lot more face to camera, but so she always has this funny, like old granny kind of face <laughs> that she she never shows her face. It's obviously something she doesn't feel comfortable with or whatever, but it totally hasn't made any, it's just still showing up and she's doing it in a way that she feels comfortable with. But yet people can really get to know her and, and she, you know, she managed to get all these proper diehard fans that love her and and all that kind of stuff. And it just came from, her just yeah just yeah, doing some cleaning not consistent isn't she yeah. in her content and she's also been consistent with her themes so her theme is obviously she's not going to be showing her face every day or like doing like posing with a scourer like this you're just going to say I do when the actual cleaning mm, exactly no that's that's great but yeah I think it's what we were saying before about how yeah how you can use your photos it's not just that photo for your website it's not just the social media or circle for your bio. There, there's so much more to that. And it's a great way of telling your story for your business. And I say it's just choosing those things, isn't it? And 
how important it is to have the photos and they shouldn't be just thought the last second and yes exactly so I I often say to people I, I touched on this a little bit before where you're talking about all of your photography assets and how they should all fit into your brand. But this is absolutely the case with brand photography specifically. So I always like to say to people, your brand photo shoot should never be the only photos of you that you share on your social media feeds. You need to think about it like a pyramid. So at the top of the pyramid is the perfect polished you with a stylist who's picked your outfit, a professional makeup artist who makes you look amazing, And that's where you would have your bio picture. So straight away, it's a commanding photo of you looking at your absolute best. But then underneath that, in the social media feed, you should still be showing up with a lot of selfies. And if you've figured out your five themes and potentially done some selfie training with me, then you're going to make sure that you can show up regularly with selfies. But that's how a a personal brand really does come together. You, You see sometimes people will have had maybe one photo shoot and they've that's what they've invested in but when you scroll through their feed you're like yeah I've seen that photo five times already and there it is again and there it is again so it's important to be mindful of how you're going to use the photos but I think you can't just get away with unless of course you have the budget to have a personal photographer working with you like once a week or once a month to create hundreds and hundreds of images of you I mean, that is the perfect dream. Of course it is. But in reality, not everyone's like that. So that's where I promote doing selfies and documenting yourself, even if it is just an overhead shot of your hand doing your work or a behind the scenes of like your desk selfie, like just show how messy your desk is. Just admit it. And people will love you for it, especially if you tie that into one of your five themes. I love that because, yeah, you're, you're right. It's I think that's another thing maybe people worry about. They get these professional shots done and then that's all they show. She just keeps saying the same photos over and over again. Whereas, yes, you do need to take other photos as well. And you're not always going to have a photographer following you around, taking your photos. So you do have to do them yourself. So I suppose, do you have any tips then of, you know, you are, how, how do you make sure that your at-home photo, you know, your own selfie photos are still portraying your brand and, and, and those themes and, and those things that you want to to show to people? So there's there's a few ways, the few different tips I've got here. So the first tip to make a note of is that if it's been over two years since your last professional photo shoot, then your photos are definitely off. So it's like milk, right? It's gone mm. off. You need to get some more done. So at the very minimum, you need to be trying to get a photo shoot, a professional photo shoot done for you and your business and your personal brand at least every two years. When you're at the point and you want to increase the frequency of that, you should probably have developed a relationship with a couple of different photographers who are working as your photography team. A lot of people have a photographer in America and then they'll have one in the UK. And, you know, when they're in the States, it's cheaper to do it with the the person who's based in America than flying the UK photographer out there. So that's the first thing. The next thing with showing up and keeping your selfies, like you want to be good, you want to be showing up well, I would definitely say I like to do batch creation. So this is something that I'm trying really hard to master with my show, Moi TV. Like right now I'm writing 15 scripts. And then my goal with that is to film all 15 episodes like in three days, if I can pull it off. (laughs) And then someone else to edit everything. And then my season's done and I'm not scratching around at the last minute like I have been with previous seasons, right? So this is the same principle that I recommend to people if you want to be hot on your selfie game. 
you want to be in a position, I don't know about you, Amy, but when I'm scheduling my social media, there's a very strong chance that it might be like a Sunday afternoon job because my week's been full of client work and I'll be like no bra in my PJ bottoms, hair's greasy in a knot on the top of my head. And, you know, I'm just getting my social media scheduled for the next week or the next couple of weeks. When I'm in that mode of working, the last thing I want to do is put the laptop down, go get in the shower, blow dry my hair, set my hair, get my ass looking good, and then find a way to capture a selfie and then think about what that selfie caption needs to be. Like, it's so counterproductive. So what I do now, I'm in, I'm in a habit, and it's taken me a while to build it up, but it's definitely a habit, habit I teach. And that is, if you're going out for a business meeting or if you put any effort in uh, feeling good about yourself. So if you're, you know, that could be like putting some smart trousers on right now. We know we've all been in the PJ button for the last few months. But if you're going out somewhere. So for me, I might be going to a meeting or I might be meeting a friend for dinner or something. And I've gone to the trouble of putting a full face of makeup on and making my hair look nice. I now know that as soon as I'm ready or while I'm on the trip to the restaurant to meet them, take a few selfies and I'll pop off like 10, 20 selfies in different places so that I now have this ever growing bank of selfies in my phone. So that when we roll back to me being in the in the PJs with the greasy top knot, it's like, oh, it's okay. I've got a selfie about that. Scroll through my phone. Boom. That's the one I'm using. So that, it, it, doing this, doing the batch creation is a game changer. That is such a good idea. And it it is you're so right it's always the time when especially now when we're not even going anywhere really the chances are that you've say got your makeup on your 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 nicest clothes and all that is is even more rare than it it was just regularly working maybe at home. Maybe a food shop you know yeah. like, <laughs> put a bit of effort by like brushing the hair yeah. <laughs> yeah. do the selfie now when you're there exactly but it's that that is such a good idea and so you can kind of as you say that moment where you are in more of a position where you feel more comfortable to take photos, think about what photos you're going to take rather than the other way around where, yeah, you're thinking, oh, oh I really want to put a photo, but oh, I don't really want to take a photo of myself or, and then you end up not doing anything or. Or, or throwing another stock image on that everyone yeah. sees three billion times. Yeah, exactly. That's such, that's such a good idea. And I think it's something that it's so, in a way, so simple, but something you don't think about because they always, especially if you are, so, you know, you are doing it and you only think about it at that moment that you're doing it rather than planning ahead and, and thinking about it. Thinking, um, thinking in that way, Amy, is thinking about things like a picture editor and how a professional photographer thinks. So you're just mm-hmm. applying that skill. Like, okay, I'm out. For the first time in three weeks, the kids are behaving. They're getting on. We're all sitting down. Right, quick, selfie, selfie, selfie. Right, I've got it in the can. And then in three months' time, you might want to talk about your kids or eating out or whatever. You've got the shot. You're not now trying to persuade the kids. Yeah. So this is the whole thing. Like a great example is working with children or animals. And you have to, whenever, this is obviously as we talked about at the beginning of the show, this is how I cut my teeth as a photographer. So the whole thing about doing a photo shoot with kids is making them think that they're not in a photo shoot. And that's when you get the natural moment. So you're constantly like, all right, let's not bother taking photos today, kids. Let's faff around with this ball. That was the classic one. And you're all kicking around with the ball. But you learn as a photographer to be slyly 
popping away with the camera and getting the shot. And then when the kids are done, you're like, wow, you had a great day. There's a lolly. Have a great day. And then the mum comes and sees the pictures. She's like, wow, you've captured the essence of my child in play. This is how you need to be approaching your selfie game and documenting you in your business. Same way. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, that's so important. I think that's such, yeah, such great tips there. So I'm sure we could speak all day. <laughs> You've been absolutely fabulous. So any last, any last tips? Um, yeah, I have a few little free guides. I don't know if you mm. want me to mention them. So yeah. in terms of if you've had photos done before and maybe you're thinking, yeah, no, I need to get some more done. But, you know, I spent all that money on that previous shoot. I have a whole checklist. Um, the Headshots ROI checklist, it's called ROI for Return on Investment. And this is a great tool to use to check off where you're, um, where you're getting a return on your previous photography investment before you book a photographer. So this is a great way to identify the gaps in all of your visual assets so that when you're ready to take on another photographer, you can give them a really clear shot list of all of your photography gaps. And that's what they can use the time to do. You know, the more prepared you are with any photographer, the easier the photo shoot's going to be. And it could potentially save you money as well. So that's the first thing. The next thing is um, I have another guide that might be useful based on what we've talked about today. And that is how to plan the perfect headshot session in six months. So, again, this is all about being really ahead of the game and taking a full six months to get yourself ready for that photo shoot. And this shows you how I plan a photo shoot and where the project manager production side of things comes in and how it really does take six months to plan like the perfect photo shoot. But you can be doing some of that heavy lifting yourself as a business owner. So that could be a helpful one based on what we've talked about today, I think. Yeah, they sound brilliant. Because yeah, that's the last thing you want, isn't it? To, to, to pay the money for a photo shoot and then... Either immediately you think actually they're not right, or you get a month or two months down the line and think, yeah, actually these weren't quite what I plan. Now I've got into showing them in my business and things they don't quite add up. And so I think all that planning is is so important. And I say I think it's just something as we said at the beginning, people only start thinking about their photos when Last they have, they get yeah. their website <laughs> done. Or I say I know you've got the the quote on your website where it's like when the website designer says can you send me over some photos and you're like oh okay I better quickly get some done yeah whereas actually it's something that should be thought about in the same way as other aspects of your business that you, you you're planning and that you're strategizing and thinking about it's it's just one of those elements rather than the yeah the so when, when you're, when you're planning that campaign or you're planning on doing a new landing page for a new course while you're in that planning mode you should be thinking what's the photo that I want on here and as you're doing that, like for your quarter or your year ahead, you should have a clear cut list of exactly what photography you're going to need. This is why a lot of people come away working from working with really good photographers who are technically brilliant photographers, but they're photographers who don't have the previous life in the marketing and the public relations. They are brilliant photographers. So you want them to take a photo of something, they're going to do a beautiful technical job of that. But if they haven't got a list of what you need a photo of, they're gonna they're gonna go to the default of yeah maybe we'll go to the cafe. Do you want to like hold the coffee cup? And that's where you go into that generic like suck. You don't want to be in that place. <laughs> yeah, ab- absolutely. All right, well, it's been amazing having you on, Laura. It's been fascinating. So we could I could talk to you for hours and hours, but 
So it's been really, really brilliant. So thank you so, so much. Oh, wowzers. Wasn't Laura absolutely fantastic? Brand photos are so much more than just a photo for your homepage header or for your social media profile pic. So think about those five themes that represent you and how they might be portrayed not only in your photography, but throughout the whole of your marketing. So they really become the essence of what makes you, you to stand out. So make sure your photos are not forgotten from your strategy. If you want to hear more from Laura, you can find her on Instagram at L. Pearman Photos or catch her on her YouTube channel Mwah TV. That's Mwah TV, M-W-A-H TV. And I'll include both links in the show notes. I've also included in the show notes the links to the two awesome tools that Laura mentioned, the return on headshots investment checklist and the six months to the perfect headshot planning tool. So I highly recommend you grab both of those. If you want to join me and my next guest live next month, and I've got some corkers coming up, which I'm super, super excited about. So come and join us over in my Facebook group, Unleash Your Niche, and you can join in the conversation with us. To join, just search Unleash Your Niche in Facebook. So that's all from me. I'll catch up with you next time or over in the group. Have an awesome week. Thanks so much for listening to the Unleash Your Niche podcast. If you have enjoyed this episode, do please check out amykager.com where you'll find more to help you get focused and clear on your niche and how to amplify that in your communication.